because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. <laughs> it's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, welcome to another Baseball Ops podcast with Pop V. Uh, this is going to be a great show. Probably, I mean, I'm going to probably say this about everyone. It's probably my favorite one. It's really long. We, we, we interviewed Jim Parquet with uh, the Velo Pro Big League Edge. I know a lot of y'all have been hearing about the Velo Pro. It's an unbelievable product that goes perfectly with the 3X programs, which is so cool. And I am, well, I'm not going to give away uh, what what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell it in the interview. But we're really excited about this interview. Um, we actually we already did the interview, so um, it was it's 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 awesome. Um, I mean, Stephen, tell them a little bit of what you got out of it. I'm super pumped about this interview. Like you said, it's one of my favorite ones too. Uh, it is super long, so I don't want to do too long of an intro because I want people to listen to the entire thing uh, and uh, really take a lot of the value that uh, that Coach Jim uh, Parquet gave and uh, and learn a little bit about his product and and there's just so much good information in it. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, if you want to learn more about them, you can check out the Velo Pro Harness. You can go to check out uh, Big League Edge um, and and stay in touch with us because we're going to continue to collaborate and do more things together. So this is really a great interview. We're really excited. Um, so let's get right into it. Here we go. All right, we got Jim Parquet here with the Big League Edge and Velo, the Velo Pro Harness. We're excited to have you here, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, guys. So we were just talking about your Wikipedia story here, and you said it's true. But I want to read it. It's it sounds like it, I mean I want to learn more. <laughs> it sounds like a great story. Like you said, you haven't been reading yourself on Wikipedia, so this is funny. It's the first time you're hearing this. But on Wikipedia it says Jim Parquet grew up in Southern California. His father made less uh, than twenty thousand per year, and his mother, a Vietnamese immigrant, worked at a textile factory in Chinatown, Los Angeles. On this income, Par- Parquet's parents struggled to provide for Parquet and his brother. Parquet himself had to work in a sweatshop in Los Angeles, California, as a young boy. I, I mean, come on. This is an insane story. So tell us more. How, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know how they, they got that on Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't think I ever told one reporter when I was playing about that. But, yeah, it is true. You know, we grew up poor. Um, but, you know, the first thing that I always uh, – and, and I utilize that story sometimes with, with players who – just don't get it um you know can't compete or they take things for granted yeah but yeah i mean we grew up poor it was a struggle you know food stamps uh, my dad if he wasn't working he was working to try to find a job because back then it was you know entitlements were not what they are today and it, it was um it was embarrassing to be on them um right. you know back then that was the mentality and you know so that actually I think that's one of the reasons why I did make it because I didn't have anything. I didn't, I didn't have like the luxury. So really the only thing that I could turn to was baseball because that's really the only place where I actually got some uh, respect, so to speak, you know, because outside I was wearing, I wasn't wearing the right clothes and, 
you know, everyone kind of knew that that we, for lack of better terms, were all from the wrong side of the track. So mm-hmm. I was always in fights and that kind of stuff, sticking out for myself. But it is what it is, man. You know, that's 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 the day and age. I definitely, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, if I could go back, would I change that? You know, now having um, been a success story and made it to the big leagues and, you know, obviously having some financial wherewithal um, that comes with that. And I said, probably not, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go through it again, but it's kind of what carved out who I am, which is to, I guess, grab, grab the moment and you use your own two fists and your two feet to make your own way, you know, and that's really how you make it and how you compete. So, um, yeah. But it is true. <laughs> it well, that's is crazy. True. I mean, I mean, it, it's that's some solid roots, man. That's that's a that's a big that's a big foundation um, to to build from. I mean, that's that rags to riches, man. It's pretty. It's, it's an awesome story. I mean, so I guess to 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 build on that. I mean, it was cool. You know, I we we got to know each other pretty recent, kind of through the uh, our our same our same opinions on these weighted ball training approaches, but. And and you you threw out there that uh, you saw that I was friends with with Jake Meyer and you said that that was your roommate and I thought that was really cool. He's a good friend of mine, good friend of yours. And and then I yeah. I, I had to call him up and ask him about you and he he just told me how impressive you were. You were like this top uh, recruit out of high school and um, you came into UCLA. I think your freshman year is a Friday starter. You wind up you know, busting your butt, you made the uh, USA team. Um, and then from there, um, you were a high draft. What draft pick were you um, out of UCLA? I was in the, I was in the first round. Yeah. You were a first rounder. 30, 30 something. Yeah. 30 something. And then you, then you have what was it? Eight years in the bigs. Uh, I got a little shy of that. I got seven. So <laughs> Would have um, nice to have the eight you know, though, wouldn't it? I guess you you get the gold card. I heard when you hit the eight, right? Yeah, no, well, ten, ten if you get the oh, uh, you get ten if you okay. get that. But yeah, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big guy. I'm only five ten, about a buck eighty five. So it's not like I have a slanted forehead and the knuckle dragger, right? I wasn't I wasn't blessed to be a big league guy um, or even a baseball player. Um, but I think combined just my upbringing and and understanding uh, that you've got to seize the moment and make your own opportunity. That's what kind of helped me, you know, because, you know, in sports, you know, we, you and I, we talk about this, and I talk about it with a lot of people, is today's game has really changed, um, not from the field perspective, because the, the, the game is still the same three outs, same dimensions. You still got to do the same things, right, to, whether it was in Ted Williams' era or, or mm-hmm. our era. I think the thing is, that has changed is that um, we have so much information these days and so many avenues to um, not only process information but gather it and then to try to give it, right? But the the disconnect, which has helped me or you played, you know, and we're talking about Jake and anybody else who has competed at a high level, is that um, at some point you're going to have to jump off the cliff and compete with the information. And I think that's the disconnect that leaves a player behind or takes them forward. You know, my, my upbringing told me one thing, which is to compete no matter whether it's on the bump or in life, right? And so 
when I rolled into UCLA, my first instinct was to compete, and I won that Friday job as a freshman, and then I, I had a pretty good career there. Still hold some records, and um, and then you know the rest is history. I'd still be pitching now. Um, I know for a fact I'd still be pitching now. I'd be calling you from a from a big league clubhouse if I didn't get hurt, and I got yeah. hurt throwing weighted baseball. So I think there's there's some personal um, anger built up with weighted baseballs at the time, but then once I started researching it and just utilizing common sense and understanding from a from a field perspective, you know, when I got 50,000 fans in the stands and I got to make a pitch, will that weighted baseball help me? Does it um, does it provide uh, long-term success? More importantly, will it keep me in the game, you know, because I think, you know, and I'm kind of rambling here, but I think there's different um, there's different aspects to what you accomplish in the game. It's not just an accolade, right, of me getting a scholarship to UCLA or me being an All-American or Olympics or whatever. I think once you get to that level of success, you kind of transgress and you look at it from an approach of how long can I stay at this level and be productive for my team rather than the other mentality, which usually fizzles out, is how do I just get to that level? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, you're you're telling these young kids you need to understand you have to be looking for long-term development in this game, not short-term, because you know, it, yeah, we we all want to have the ability to grab the attention of a scout, but if we can't then take it to the next level of making the team and then becoming a you know a Friday starter and then and then actually surviving the whole year and then getting a chance to play next year, what what did that training approach do for you that you used that uh, that you know the, that got you there or didn't get you there? I mean, that, that's what you have to be thinking that far ahead in this game. You can't be just thinking, oh, I want to just light up the gun just so I can get some attention. you got to be thinking way farther ahead than that if you're going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think today's um, player development industry, as college coaches are, are coming out publicly and saying, Major League Baseball, we can see, is not, um, if you will, recruiting um, as much in the United States. They're going overseas. Um, they're going to Latin America. Uh, you know, when, when you look at, when you look at um, travel baseball and the mentality, it kind of all has the same correlation um, of you know, instant success and not really understanding that it's it's pretty easy to get there, but it's really hard to stay there. You know, I mean, at the big league level, there's always a saying, you know, clubhouse doors open open up pretty quickly, but uh, you know, when when you leave, they close a lot quicker. You know, and it's a harder harder to get back up as as people see if they follow the game. So, I think the key to you know, because we're going to be talking pitching here is is it, it shouldn't be, let me get to college. It should be, let me help you win a World Series at the collegiate level, right? It shouldn't be, let me get drafted. It should be, how do I get to the big leagues, right? I mean, and, you know, there's a lot of people that profess, hey, I've, I've got this and that, or I helped this guy, or I achieved this, but anybody who's accomplished anything in the game is going to be like, well, we see right through that pipe dream, right? You, you, you just got there. And you didn't actually stay there and contribute. So that's the yeah, key, I think man. It's you got to compete. I think it's huge. And, and, and you're a perfect example of that. I mean, I didn't bring it up, but you're an All-American. So you 
I'm sure you were all state in high school as well. Am I wrong? No, I was. I was. Yeah. So you're all state in high school. You're all American in college. Um, what did I mean? You, you had some. Did you have a twelve and three season in big league ball or something? Um, I was fourteen. I think it was a fourteen and five something. Yeah. Like that. So my, you had success, and and you went up to the bigs within the year. So you, you had success at every level. Um, so you're the perfect example of that. I mean, is is what you're doing now going to make you all state, all American? put you on the USA team, get you up in the bigs in a year and give you a 14 and five record uh, as a big leaguer. You know, that, that's a, that's a different perspective than someone just going, Hey, I want to pop 90 so I can go into showcase and get, get, uh, get, get, get the second day tryout, you know, make it to the second day. It truly, that, that truly has no validity. And I think a lot of people, unless, unless there's, there's a, there's a pitch, right. If there's a wrinkle behind it, the body is, is there and they're popping 93, 95 type of stuff. I mean, there's certain skill sets that as a, as a recruiter or a, an organization can't refuse, right? I mean, but for most people, that, that mentality that you just described or that perspective, it's not truly theirs because they don't know what we know, right? Or, the, or the, what's the saying? You know, they don't know that they don't know, right? I mean, right, because right. we've lived it and we've gone to that level. But that mentality is being fed by today's player development industry that is really bent upon making money and then, and then whatever happens after that, so be it. You know, I mean, and that shouldn't be. I, I really don't think there's many people in the industry that truly, truly feel bad if they're athlete, not athletes, but if one athlete doesn't make it or one athlete gets hurt, you know, they, they, they throw it off. You know, they're just like, ah, they deflect. And that's not the way it should be. I know. And I think, I think Jim, it's because there's not a lot of guys that have had your success that want to come back down and get in the trenches and work with the young kids. A lot of them had their success and they feel like, I feel like they still have that ego that they're greater than that because they've, you know, they they're out of those levels. They they're a big leaguer and they don't need to come back down there or they don't want to come back down there. And these kids aren't getting the infra. They, those that are running these programs right now are people that are far from your success. Some of them never even played baseball. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because because you know I do a lot of training internationally and I go down to Latin America every single year. And, um, you know, I train new prospects down there, right, for different MLB organizations. And I can tell you it, it, it's crazy, and I've done training in, in Japan, and I'll, I'll use these three, Japan, the United States, and here. And if you look at, at, at Latin America, just the Dominican, you only got 16 million people on that island about, but yet some like, what is it, 20, it's over 20% of all of Major League Baseball and Pro Ball is Dominican. Right. Right. And then if you look at Japan, you know, they're starting to creep in a little. But when I go down there, if I use mechanical approach or I gave them weighted baseballs or I told them um, the the types of things that we hear commonly here, they would take me on off that island on a boat, tie me to it and freaking sink it and just laugh my ass off that island because they'd just be like, you have no clue about what it takes because over there, most people don't get into a coaching uniform or player development position unless they've actually played on played the game for a long time, you know. And right. 
when you go to Japan, um, same thing. It's even more, more so, right, as far as being in the uniform first. Um, and, but their philosophy is really mechanical um, with a lot of repetition. You know, so different avenues of perspective on growth, but the bottom line is, is that they do look at experience. And, you know, there's a lot of people around, and I, I, I just laugh like off of Twitter. There's so many, there's so many guys that are more analytical based that just blast, you know, myself or other guys who have been in a big league uniform that are trying to help. And, and if we disagree with them, they just bring throng to people on us, right, right. on Twitter. And it's, Troll, it's, yeah. it's pretty humorous, you know, because <laughs> you're like sitting there going, you want to play for the big leagues, but you make fun of big leaguers. Like, it makes no sense. But right. um, I, th I think that there's a lot of value in the analytical approach, but it, it still boils down to you have to actually have touched the baseball in order to understand how to compete with the baseball. Hey, it's great. Gather all your stats. Gather all of your biomechanical stuff. Gather all, you know, all of the the metrics and all of those things, which you know they they, they have huge value. But at some point, dude, you've got to compete with it, right? And that's the disconnect. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I really feel like it's really hard to understand how all this goes together if you haven't at least attempted, or I wouldn't say attempted, if you haven't put yourself through the ringer and put yourself in the trenches to do it. It just it's hard to understand at the end of the day how it all comes together and how it how it actually builds elite or elite baseball players. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I don't think that there's really one way. I mean, you know, there's definitely some irrefutable things, you know, Ted Williams swung his bat exactly like Bryce Harper does today. I mean, when you look at point of contact and all those different things, the body is still in the same positioning a hundred years later, you know, you right. look at Japanese hitters, Latin American hitters, European hitters, Canadian, the United States, completely different perspectives and different player development and, and growth processes, but they're all in the same spot, you know? And then when you, when you look at um, softball or any linear to rotational movement, they're all identical. It doesn't matter what they're doing. And the reason why is because it's human movement. And that's really how the Velo Pro got developed because I, you know, when I got out of the game, I was so frustrated with how my athletes or whomever, you know, whether it was a pro guy or a, or a youth kid, could not understand what I was saying, you know, because they just wouldn't move that way. And I'd be like, dude, I'm asking you to just walk and chew gum at the same, or just chew gum and you still right. can't do it. And I got really frustrated. So, you know, I mean, I, you're a player developer, so obviously there's one or two things. It's either... The, the the athlete doesn't understand or you're not communicating it, right? It's one or the other. But they do understand and we are communicating. And the reason why they're not getting it is that unsolvable for so many years, which is they don't have the motor patterning to move that way. You know, it's the Bernstein and Said principles. It's actual scientific theorem. And so that's really what put me to work with um, getting some kind of device. I didn't know essentially it would be VeloPro the harness, but something to take my verbiage and put it into their motor patterning because, you know, I still do feel that I, at, at that time I felt, well, you know, I've, I've been in a big league uniform for a long time. It's not like I was handed the ball. I had to learn how to pitch and what it took and adaptation. So if I could get my verbiage into them, they might have a chance to make it, right? 
Yeah, and I mean, just to define those out there that listen to this, the Velo Pro is just, it's a it's a great invention, and and I contest to it because I know it's good when I put it into my programs, and it it makes my programs work better. That's the best been testament to me to what's a good device because I've worked so hard to map out these biomechanics. You know, the same thing was with the King of the Hill. I put it in, and all of a sudden, people get what I'm saying or what I'm teaching them. And then I've, I've been putting the Velo Pro in. It's the same thing. I looked at Stephen today, and I said, man, this is this thing's brilliant. Yep. Like, it's totally making it so much easier for me now to, to teach them, just like you said. And He's very excited about it, Jim. He was telling me all about it today. No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you guys are seeing value in it. You know, I mean, we haven't, we haven't actually gotten a product you know, in just yet. It's about another week or so right here, but all of our samples have gone. And every guy that we give it to, you know, so I was, I was telling Brent here, I, I've been using it for at least five to seven years, but I didn't want to give it to the general public because, one, I don't want to become like a weighted baseball fad right. or hurt people, right? I didn't right. want my product to, to potentially hurt people. And second, I definitely didn't want it to be where it only worked for one guy and not another, right? Mm -hmm. And the last one was it's got to be dummy-proof, right? A good learning curve and dummy-proof because, you know, us three here right now and anybody else who's going to listen to this that understands, it's really easy to teach somebody to throw the baseball hard, right? Even though people are like, oh, it's so hard and this and that. It's really easy to do it. It's just getting the athlete to actually commit to it. That's that's the hard part, right? Right. So, um, you know, you guys have done a tremendous job of of the the under you know of, of the movement based side of the game, right? And if you peel back that onion and you go, okay, well, what actually is an athlete doing? Well, they're just moving energy. That's it, right? And yeah. Right. Some guys will move energy better than others, and that guy who's more efficient in their movement is going to be the dude that throws the baseball not only harder but can command it, and there's the competition in, in it, right? So um, what the harness does is it breaks. It's, it's not designed because it's got, right now, I mean, our patents probably got 30 different sports from physical rehab to fitness to all the way up to, you know, pitching. And the reason why is because it breaks down and identifies any movement deficiency in um, a linear to rotational move, which could be like football, a quarterback, right? It can be tennis. Um, the NHL has called us because of the slap shot, you know, a lot of rehab and stuff. Any linear to rotational movement. So if you have a movement deficiency that causes leakage in energy, which obviously would cause you to throw slower or swing less, um, it'll identify not only the deficiency, but also when it's going wrong through feel and sensory uh, feedback, right? And then as an athlete, you can just go back to that portion in your delivery where that rhythm, you feel the back foot being ripped up the most, correct it, and then bam, you don't leak as much. So mm -hmm. powerful by all means. I mean, I'm, I'm excited at, at, at what we've been getting. I mean, we started with 16 different sites. I sent it to guys that I knew could figure it out and would do do good by it. And then I also sent it to guys, you know, I didn't tell them, but, but guys, and I was like, all right, these guys are probably screwed up. They couldn't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> they, kept getting, they kept giving me data, and I'm, I'm sitting there with my team, and I'm going, yeah, these guys aren't screwing it up, too. So it has to be the same as what we've been getting for all these years, you know. So 
But it's and, human and, movement. That's what it's based on. And to to define it to those who haven't seen it, so basically it's a harness that goes around the hips, um, and you, and you tighten it down pretty tight because you have pretty much bungees, pretty pretty strong bungees coming off the back of the belt, and then you have a harness around your heel to your ankle, and then you hook both of those um, bungees to the that harness. So you have a, a yeah. really a lot of resistance pulling basically the heel up to the the glute. So what what happens is is you're forced to constantly extend and push force down in your leg. And what I found it does, which is brilliant, is that pitchers, typically low velocity pitchers, are very poor at sitting and, and loading their back leg. The, the only leg on the ground that we that we generate all of our movement out of, they're very poor at sitting into it. They want to transfer to the front leg at front foot strike early. And if you do that with this belt, it causes your leg to pop up and it throws you off. So it forces you to sit into that lead, that leg longer. That it forces you to activate that leg harder. So you actually create more stability in that leg. And then you can then start to, to separate and load your upper body perfectly into it. And then you can really feel the energy transfer from the ground up the body into the ball. Would you, would you yeah. say that that yeah. makes sense? That's, that's, that's hitting the nail on the head. It's exactly what it does because, um, you know, for people who are going to listen to this, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's a reason why they listen and they want to learn, right? Um, the best way to say it and put it in layman's terms to them is it keeps you in the loaded position longer. Right. That's an mm -hmm. unrefutable thing throughout time. No matter whether you're a weighted baseball, a mechanics, a movement, it doesn't matter, right? Any perspective. Um, it keeps you in that loaded position longer or upslope longer, you know, and so that's that's great. I mean, that's a great thing to have, and that's really essentially what everyone's doing. So what you basically said was how you do that, right? You've got to basically create ground reaction force longer because I think, you know, with 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 what I've been doing for the last 15 years with, with uh, kids and, you know, from Major League Baseball down to youth as well as yourself, I think one of the biggest problems we see is that guys look pretty good at the leg kick, right? And then when they start to you know, drop the leg kick. But once they start moving down the slope, things start to break down because the body is, is trying to compute flat ground, but you're actually on a slope, right? So there's where the when do I open and that kind of stuff for the sensory load, um, That's those are the issues right there. And what I find is that guys will push but they will be actually coasting into foot strike rather than continually pushing through foot strike, right? Because especially if you push hard and then coast into foot strike, you're going to get top heavy and have an opposite reaction, which is, you know, we all know if you have a, a, a horizontal movement, which would be your hips coming early compared to, you know, in, in, in relationship to a linear um, back hip drive, the reason why it's happening is because your body is subconsciously trying to dissipate energy because it's knowing there's too big of a load coming right here and I've got to do something. Otherwise, either I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to fall. You know, the body's going to fall. And so no matter what mechanics you you, you give, that's going to happen, right? I mean, right. I think that's unrefutable too. If anyone wants to refute that, then they might, they might not want to um, – might not want to help pitchers. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and if you right. and if you look at the there's the ground force. There's a study on ground forces where they used uh, beginner pitchers that were averaged 53 miles an hour, 
and then there were they, they called them elite, but these these up the the harder pitchers only threw 80 miles an hour, but there was a difference in speed, right? 53 to 80. And what mm-hmm. you saw was the back leg drive was higher in the 80 mile an hour pitcher, but more importantly, it was the the peak came closer or the forces stayed up longer to front foot strike. So the the yeah. low velocity guys would push early and then they would give out well before front foot strike. The high, the higher velocity guys would continue to push and generate forces closer to front foot strike, which is what you're saying is that belt's forcing you to stay in that load longer and generate those forces longer going into front foot strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, what happens? So basically, you know, what I always tell guys is that back foot, once you put it on, is is kind of like your accelerator. You let off a bit, right, or you give less force then it's going to rip up on you and, and pull your back leg up, and you're going to feel that. And mm-hmm. all you got to do is just make sure that you're, you're not feeling that, and you will peak your movement. So, you know, it's funny. I mean, we've had some big – I mean, you know, so, so any young guy who's, who's listening here, they, they should know that – I mean, we've got probably 25 to 30 big league guys on, 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 the, on the harness, and um, we've got three of the top – uh, last year's top pitchers in in the leagues, actually both leagues, um, using it. And we can't publicly say who they are, but it's just taken off like a wildfire. And I'll tell you that there's been two or three of them that are, I mean, these guys are, are, are at the top of their game who almost stumbled when they put it on for the first time because their back foot ripped up so fast, right? So movement deficiencies exist at all levels right it's just that these guys drag their knuckles and you know eat people <laughs> before right. they get to the yeah. ballpark right They're just blessed right <laughs> or uh, yeah and, and you know they they also too they can go through the m- moment the movements the same as someone you know throwing maybe 10 miles an hour slower or at a, at a way lower level but they're going through it maybe at the same function but they're just a little bit more explosive or they're a little bit taller or a little bit more mobile size right they, they do have some qualities but you're right they can better qualities but they can still be just as dysfunctional as the high school pitcher at the big league level well i think that's interesting yeah. too that i i think you have a really good understanding and correct me on this if i'm wrong but it seems like you know a guy who's five foot ten 185 pounds who's played at your level there's there's really not too many guys especially now who are five foot ten that that played at the mlb level as a pitcher uh, but I think it gives you a much better understanding of what your body needs to do to maximize uh, the power in your body. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I had to be, you know, for lack of better terms, organically connected and make the adaptations a lot quicker because my body, you know, it, it it didn't allow me to make mistakes like mm-hmm. a bigger guy, right? If yeah. I made mistakes, I'm not getting the ball back. Big dude, he's got more room for error. And there again go in lies the perspective of, when when you have success, you'll know right away at what level is your success based upon how much, you know, I guess, room for error you're going to have. And so the guy who's sitting there in his backyard trying to throw 95 with a three-ounce ball, I mean, hey, I understand what you're trying to work towards, but you, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying for you that you're actually taking that I, that that work ethic and applying it to command to off speed to making sure you're not too low or three one like I see with so many weighted baseball throwers or like a lot of major league baseball programs talk about is like 
Hey, yeah, those, those arms, they, look, they, they work pretty good to the gun, but when you actually look at it, the head's diving, the arm is just its max effort. Is right. it going to be able to compete and eat for us every, you know, every third day or every fifth day, depending on the pen, or maybe every other day, you know, whatever the role might be for 162 games, you know, where everyone is throwing 93 to 95, right? I mean, um, so, you know, not to say that it can't uh, occur, but you're making your life a hell of a lot more miserable by by trying to just go after velocity. It's yeah. required, but there's a hell of a lot more that goes into it to compete for a win rather than just to throw the baseball hard. But, I mean, but at the end of the day, we know velocity sells. I mean, you did call it the Velo Pro for, for that purpose. And just yeah. like my program, I, I make the guarantee. I want to help you gain velocity. That's what sells. But we know, because we've, we've played, obviously played at a lot higher level, but we know that we got to give you on the back end a lot more than just that pop and velocity. We've got to mm-hmm. give you a, a delivery that will con- through through the thick of it, through all the wear and tear and the ups and downs that your coaches are going to put you through. That your your delivery continues to produce for you velocity, precision, uh, longevity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as much as we want to give you the velocity that you want, still we work very hard in these approaches to give you what's on the backside, which is what is going to keep you in the game and healthy for a long time. And you're right, these weighted ball approaches aren't going to do that because they're purely built on the arm speeds. I mean, if you look at the ASMI study, you're just influencing the arm speeds. And then, for example, with the foundations that we teach at 3X Pitching, with the Velo Pro belt, it's giving you uh, the lower half, which is the the better way to velocity because then it allows you to build all the stuff on the back end that we're talking about, which is gives you that long, successful career. I mean, if we look at the the study by Kipler and Chandler, they calculated that a 20% decrease in kinetic energy delivered from the hip in the trunk to the arm, it required a 34% increase in rotational velocity of the shoulder just to put the same uh, force on the hand. So we're giving you the ability to bring more energy up, which is worth twice the value you'll ever get out of your arm. And that gives you a foundation to build a long major league career. I mean, would you say I'm correct? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we, we call it healthy velocity or, you know, just, hey, I want to throw hard, right? You're either a pitcher or a thrower, you know, and granted velocity is required. I mean, it's the number one pitching tool. The harder, you know, after I got hurt, you know, I was just trying to keep them fooled and it wasn't the hitters, it was the front office to just stay in the game a little longer, right? Right. I went from throwing, topping out at 95, 96 to, shoot, throwing 87, you know, 86 in big wow. game. And I still did it for a few years and I had some good success. The, the, the issue was I could never miss. If I missed, I'd be yeah. yelling at my shortstop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that's just what was happening. So, I mean, velocity definitely is, is the key. It's the foundation to pitching, but you have to learn how to build it because Bottom line is, where does velocity come from? It sure as shit does. Sure as hell doesn't come from, you know, arm speed. It right. comes from lower half that builds arm speed, right? Mm-hmm. And right. people, it, that's the that that's what that's that's the biggest thing that I fight is people going guys coming in or people professing, yeah, I'm going to build your arm speed, and they just work on the arm, but they're not actually working on the lower half. So, you know, with you guys, you're building pitching. Um, 
ideals, right? Because we all know if you have a strong body and it's kinetically connected, you're right. going to be able to command the baseball, right? You're right, going to reproduce, right. you know, um, the VeloPro thing. It's it's all lower half. It has nothing to do with the upper half. It's all lower half. And if you have if you have the building blocks in the lower portion of the of the building, the upper portion of the building is going to be built properly. I mean, that's that's common sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, you're so- absolutely right. So I'm going to put myself under the gun because I love to. makes me work harder. But my goal is to, to, to work and develop a program uh, the way how we use it with 3X Pitching. So my goal, and you know, Jim and I have talked about this, is to have a, a 3X Pitching manual to go with the Philo Pro belt just because I want more of these you know, good minds, same-minded guys and, and companies together helping drive a healthier industry. And, I, and, and we talked about that. I think it's very important that products like you, like us, like King of the Hill stand together and help teach these kids because this is these kind of approaches are going to keep kids healthy as they aspire for elite numbers and, and, and gains um, as opposed to these other approaches that want to be more arm-focused. So I'm putting myself in the spot, but I'm hoping very soon I'll be able to have a manual uh, f- so those who like the 3X approach and also love the Velo Pro harness, they can kind of get both of, 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 of the best together. So, Yeah, no, I'm excited to, to, to have this collaboration because I think, you know, it's, it's just like a team, right? A baseball game is a one-by-one one, one guy, you know. A lot, of, it's a lot of people who do a lot of great things, and I think the more that they can band together – the better it is for the athletes. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, same here. I mean, don't you believe that this industry needs a little bit more momentum um, learning uh, the, the, you know, getting, a, let's just say, getting away from these arm approaches? Don't you think this moment, the, the industry really needs to make a change? Just because I'm, I'm hearing way too much injury coming from this industry. What yeah, about absolutely. you? Yeah. Well, I, I look at it this way. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, right? I mean, for sure it does. It, it needs to it needs to go back to pitching, not throwing hard, right? And right. you got to throw hard to pitch, but there's a lot more. I mean, so it's kind of like a catch-22. Right. But I agree with what you're saying, and, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I probably, through Big League Edge, touch five to 7,000 players, you know, worldwide every single year. And I can tell you the injury rate over the last 15 years has skyrocketed, right? Wow. But I also think there's kind of a bubble coming because people really, truly, finally are starting to figure out, you know, maybe this is all this over-marketing and, um, you know, all of these videos that say they throw 90, but it, it was actually with a three-ounce ball where they crow In a hop, running throw, you know, yeah. And ran, <laughs> ran, you know, a 40-yard crow hop and threw into a net. Right. You're starting to see, well, maybe, maybe that isn't truly 90 miles an hour because I really think that, there's a lot of unethical marketing that goes on to sell, to get you in the door. And then after, I think it's probably ethical, right? But to get you in the door, it's yeah. unethical. And right. so that bubble's bursting. I mean, you can see it across the nation. People, There's more and more people coming out and going, I got hurt. There's more and more parents who are starting to be more, um, they're, they're more educated in the process. They're not as willing to open up the checkbook. And um, I think also guys who have played like your, yourself and myself and who understand the game and are, are starting to get really sick and tired of it, right? Because we don't go out and blast, right? You, 
you don't go out there and just overmarket and throw yourself every single place and every single um, avenue, right? I mean, w we feel our product or our service or our expertise is something for a certain individual, not for every individual, right? And eventually, I guess the cream will rise to the top, so to speak. So this collaboration, I think, is huge. I also think that, um, you know, I can't really announce it just yet, but there's a lot of there's a lot of big power players that have jumped on board, not only in this collaboration, but also just with the Velo Pro and what it's what it's providing. So pretty cool things happening, not just not just with us and pitching, but in the baseball player development industry. Which, yeah, which is awesome to see. I'm I'm excited, and I just I I really want to hear more teams uh, going to you know your device or the King of the Hill device as opposed to these weighted ball approaches. I'm just kind of getting sick of hearing these teams taking this because it trickles down. You know, when you hear big league teams using these weighted balls of approaches, it, it trickles down and then it, it, you know, and then it never trickles down. Or well. MLB.com coming out with articles about how they're the wave of the future. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't believe that. I said, if that's, I mean, it's something that's been around in, in case studies since the 1960s is the wave of the future. Baseball is, is in a time lapse. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, for anyone that's listening, you should just use common sense here. I know it's probably, you know, a kick in the dead horse, but just use common sense. I'm a big common sense guy, right? And, and so just use common sense here. If, if I'm on a seesaw and I put a 200-pound dude on one end and I only got 100 pounds on the other end, that, that 200 pounds, to get it up in the air, I've got to work 10 times harder, right? And so it's just look at a weighted baseball. If you take a weight or a load and put it on the outermost extremity of the body, it's like trying to curl, you know, 30 pounds on one foot, right, bent over compared to just being two, two feet and curling 30. Completely different. And so yeah, if you I think... use those concepts and understand it, then you'll go, okay, well, where is all the stress load? It's in the joint. It's in the shoulder. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So that's just common sense. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the point is, is, and a lot of people try to compare, well, you're lifting weights. What, what's wrong with adding weight to a baseball? Because with the weights, we're lifting it in more, you know, flexion, extension movements, not a lot of rotational movements. Like, we don't sit there and load 300 pounds into a rotational movement, or we don't sit there, you know, and try to throw a, a, a seven-ounce baseball as hard as we count in, in a rotational movement where it's putting massive torques in my shoulder and my elbow. That it's The movements are just completely different in a weight room when we load weight on it. It's going to put less torques, less stress in the joints, more in the muscles. You can't do that with a weighted ball. For like you said, the weight is too far away from the core of the body. It's at the distal end, and it's and you're and you're trying to use it very rotational to throw it, and it just it's it's it can't be compared. You can't compare loading weight on muscles in a weight room to loading weight on a ball in a in a, in a max effort throw. It's not the same thing. Well, I also think too yeah. is just baseball has this the pattern of injury regardless of weighted balls where. There's the pattern of injury was the UCL and shoulder injuries, and then they're coming out with these weighted balls like this is going to prevent injury 
when we should just throw these more. We should add weight because we're going to deal with more stress in our offseason so we can handle more stress in season. But to me, I've always just said that that's that's just fighting fire with fire. Why would you take something that has a pattern of injury and then add weight to that pattern of injury and say that this is going to keep you healthy through your season? It, like you said in the common sense, it, yeah. just, it makes no common sense, sense to me. Right? <laughs> common sense, I mean, it, Everything that we are talking about right here can be refuted, um, you know, and I also think, though, you know, don't get me wrong, weighted baseballs do have really good value, but you have to ha be able to support it. I mean, there's there's no question that they do increase to some extent, right, mm -hmm. but for at, at what cost? Right, what cost? That's, that's the question right there, and, it, and we're utilizing the common sense going, well, at what cost? We'll look at the injury rates, right? And look at the correlations between lack of command and weighted baseball usage. Look at look at the mentality of, hey, I just got my butt whooped in. Well, it's because I didn't throw hard enough. No, actually it isn't. It's because you just can't command the baseball, right? right yeah, I mean, right. And you have no wrinkle behind it. It has nothing to do with you don't throw hard enough. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so... I think I think the causations of, uh, and and the you know the solutions to those are laying in who wore the uniform and who can compete with the information the best because anybody can gather the information these days that's no question it's just a matter of can you compete and do you understand how to problem solve and I think that's why the the development industry is starting to see a change, you know, in that bubble's bursting. People are sick and tired of getting hurt, you know, and they're starting to see, you know, there's there's a lot of causes that and correlations to how they train and what they train with. Yeah, and you know, we're not we're not saying don't just use these weighted ball approaches. We're actually just saying there's a better way. And it's really what we're saying here. It's a there's a better way. There's an there's a we we there's an alternative here, you know, there, that's more of a top down approach. The Velo Pro three x pitching you know even the with the king of the hill these are bottom up approaches they're 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 more you know they're going to have a velocity effect and they're going to be more significant in building a healthy foundation of a throwing athlete so we're what that's all we're saying is is guys there is a better approach because a lot of think guys think we're just saying don't do weighted balls and we're not giving them an alternative there is an alternative and that's what you're doing with the velo pro and that's what i just want kids to do is to you know, be as excited about getting a Velo Pro than you are is about getting a bunch of colored baseballs in the mail. You're right because this mm. this is going to be as effective or definitely more effective, and it's going to prevent and really reduce the risk of injury at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, we we have not solicited one person yet to purchase the harness. We've just put up social media, and everybody has found us thus far because. You know, we're a small company, and we just didn't think it would grow this fast. We knew there was huge value in it, but we didn't think it would grow this fast, so we're kind of on a different pace for, for what demand was requiring. And I mean, currently, I mean, we've got four MLB teams. We've got, dude, we've probably got over 100 pro guys. We've got, I mean, nine of the top 20 NCAA D1s that are currently ranked in, in baseball and softball, use it. And we're not saying use it as, oh, they just bought the product. They actually, we actually interact and give them programming and help them. I mean, you know, we fly down and, and work with them. So, you know, I think it's, it's bottom line is people are seeing the value in it because it, it goes to ground up, which everybody knows that works. 
Yeah, and I mean, and th- and this is just the beginning. I mean, you're already I already got the notice that you're back ordered. So I think you yeah. <laughs> you're in you're in the beginning of this boom that's coming. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, you know, um, it's given us the ability to be able to 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 have doors open for not only ourselves but athletes. You know, by teaming up with you guys, by teaming up with King of the Hill, and you know, the other day we just teamed up with Blast Motion. I mean, they're they're you know, the more collaboration we can have, the better it is because. I think uh, island nations don't do as well, you know. Exactly. <laughs> they definitely don't. It's t- hey, I've been on the island for a long time. I've really enjoyed partnering with guys like you that not only really understand uh, what we're doing here and how to, to, to develop healthy elite pitchers, but you, you also did it yourself, and, and it, it has a backstory that really is amazing. I mean, it's a rags-to-riches story. Yeah. Um, you're an inspirational person. Like Steven's fired up because you're little. He loves little guys. Oh, I'm I'm super fired up. Over. I mean, just just the what you've had to go through. It sounds like adversity wise, the level that you played at. The you just sound like a very well rounded coach who has a great understanding of the how the body works and and uh, the mentality that it takes to go out there and get people out on the mound. And I think you just bring a lot of value to guys just just from what I've learned in this interview. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's kind of cool, um, you know, a little personal side. You know, when I got out of the game, I was really, really pissed. I mean, I was pissed at the world. I couldn't even watch baseball because, you know, I didn't pitch my way out of the league. You know, I was telling Brent, if I woke up, I'd give you six innings. No mm-hmm. no question. I didn't have to do extra to be in the league. Um, but once my arm health was taken from me, you know, obviously I got really pissed, but I didn't know what I was going to do the rest of my life, right? I was just sitting there going, I hate baseball. I don't have any real world skills that I knew of at the time because I'd just never done anything because, you know, the game is so demanding. But I decided to just start out and help some kids, right? Whatever, okay, cool. You know, I was a humbug back then. So I started doing that, and it's funny. The very first time I helped this, this kid um, with his pitching delivery, he had this big smile and just turned on a whole light, a whole, you know, it just kind of was a healing process and therapeutic for the first few years um, wow. for me to get over, I guess, my own anger, right? Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, I, you know, you're so passionate and you work so hard to get to the level you're at. I needed more out of the game, at, you know, out, out of player development. So I started looking into kinesiology and, and the why, right? Why yeah. do you have to have a leg kick? Or why is there a slope? Or, you know, all these different whys and researching that aspect. So I think all of that just combined to make me um, have a, a, a four-sided sense to coaching and, and have a perspective that's four-sided, you know, where how does this affect you how does this affect the athlete how does this affect both you know and then the team and the game right you know or the future so to speak and I try to put that into everything and I think that's why you know you guys and and myself align because we've got that four or five sided vision and perspective wherein we're not just thinking about ourselves and the money that marketing can bring or velocity enhancement can bring we're also thinking about the athlete and their future and how it's going to affect the game, you know, not only for that athlete, but just the overall industry and the future of of baseball. So being with guys that speak the same language rather than just a one-sided language is, 
is it's it's refreshing that's for sure yeah man i mean it's just refreshing hearing you say how you what you were going through and and you know because i i was i was in the same place i wanted to figure out every why why did i get injured what what the hell what what was i not being shown or told and taught and and that's what drove me and it sounds that's what we really have in common which is it's it's so cool to hear man because you you could have just done like probably a lot of guys and been depressed and turned it into who knows alcoholism but no you you made it positive and you wound up turning it into a really great thing that gave gave back to the game and helped a lot of kids and more than likely is what my purpose is and this is is changing the game man that's what we're here is to change the game and make it better mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly i think there's there's just too many things that are unrefutable and too many good things that are happening and more importantly too many good people that are finally joining forces that's going to help one person which is that athlete right i mean obviously you know we're gonna we're gonna um you know there's going to be a, a certain period where, you know, there's, there's, I guess, some adjustment and adaptation in all of the new things. But eventually, you know, the focus is going to get to the top, which is we want to give you, athlete, more for your money, more for your time, and more for your workout minute. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yep. Well, hey, man, we would have talked about so much more about big yeah. league edge and everything we've literally been doing this for an hour so i'm just going to end it here and <laughs> we'll have to come back to it again yeah that was awesome but dude i really think this is huge i think this is going to be taken really well and I, I, you better get that that next shipment in because i think you're going to get a lot of orders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's coming man we're waiting we're waiting on that damn thing so <laughs> but yeah i appreciate you guys having me on and uh you know Look forward to the future here. Same, same here, Jim. All right, we're going to end it, man. Well, we didn't get to really go in depth into Velo Pro and, and kind of the future of it. Just really shows it's 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 a new product. I mean, he's really just still launching it, and it's it's booming for him. So maybe we'll get Jim on again. We'll go through that. We'll talk about the Big League Edge. It's He runs these gigantic facilities, um, tons of teams and players that come through it. Um, uh, I think all along the West Coast. Like I said, don't know enough about it. I need to get more into it. I'm hoping to go out there and do a camp with him uh, pretty soon out in Washington. And uh, but but that's it. We'll we'll get him on the show again. Hopefully, look forward to the three X uh, velocity program with the Velo Pro. I'm going to do a specific program for it, some specific drills for it, how to implement it with the other rest of the three X programs because it implements perfectly. If you already have the three X programs and you want to implement it already, just contact me, and I'll get you. Uh, you can purchase the Velo Pro through me, um, and, and we'll go from there. But um, that was awesome. So we're going to try to get Jim on again. Uh, this is uh, this is it for the episode four. A lot of um, other great episodes coming, so look forward to it. If you have any requests on guys you'd like to interview or companies you'd like us to interview, let us know. Any last words, Stephen? Uh, man, not that I can think of. I'm just, I'm just blown away still with that interview, man. I mean, what a great coach and, uh, you know, what a great guy. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. All right. Well, we're going to see you on the next episode.